0: You're about to listen to the IC News Podcast. We hope you enjoy it. If you do, we'd really appreciate you taking a second to help us out. We can't reach a wider audience without your support. Leave us a rating, and a review, on whichever platform you're listening on. Spread the word on social media. Tell your friends. Disembowel an aggravating neighbor, and arrange their entrails in the street of your cul-de-sac to spell out the link to the show. Write IC News on a pigeon, and then kill that pigeon and then run naked down the street with the corpse of that pigeon in your mouth, so that the picture of your hysterically supportive face makes your local evening news. Stay home. Stay safe. Do your bit and kill that fucking pigeon. Oh, then enjoy the show.
1: You're listening to the IC News Emergency Broadcast System. Stay safe and stay at home. Boris Johnson becomes a father for the s- time and immediately sets a moonpick reminder for his future child support payments. The prime minister also returned to the daily coronavirus briefing this week, proudly declaring that Britain has avoided the tragedies of other countries. Before Chris Whitty politely pointed out that he was holding the chart upside down. As conflicting reports about the health of the great leader come out of North Korea, it's still unclear whether Kim Jong Un is Kim Jong Ill. The government succeeds in hitting its target of 100,000 coronavirus tests a day by the skin of its teeth, which coincidentally have all been individually counted towards the total. And finally, Captain Tom celebrates his 100th birthday with an RAF flypast and a song from Michael Ball, meaning he enjoyed a spitfire, a hurricane and a noisy little fokker. Hello and welcome! You're listening to the IC News Emergency Broadcast System. If you're looking for spin, you've come to the wrong peloton class. Here, your thighs are only going to burn because we reverse cowgirled you with the facts. Normally, we'd be sending our correspondents through the dimensional gate to explore the endless possibilities of the multiverse. But like you, we've been locked down for weeks now and we're bored out of our fucking minds. Here in the newsroom we've tried all kinds of things to entertain ourselves, from exercise to board games to meth and socially distanced orgies. However, when it's time for the big job of reporting the news, we're here for you, and no number of tape measure-inflicted rectal injuries are going to stop us from bringing you the stories that matter. Now, The biggest one of this week is of course the news that Britain appears to have passed the peak of its initial coronavirus outbreak. As other countries around the world begin to ease lockdown restrictions in an attempt to get their economies up and running, all eyes are now on the British government, who this week announced a set of tests that must be met before we can begin the gradual establishment of our new post-viral normal. As lockdown fatigue sets in everywhere... Business owners, like capitalist nightmare-wurzel Tim Martin of Weatherspoons have started publicly contemplating the justifiable levels of human sacrifice necessary to sustain their bloodthirsty profit margins. In other countries, resistance to unprecedented public health measures seems to be sprouting from the ground up, with a growing movement emerging in America seeing armed protesters storm government buildings to demand an end to the lockdown. We sent Tom King to find out just what the hell's been shitting in America's Picnic this time.
2: Thanks, Sam. Now, if you've been paying attention to what's been happening here in the States, you will have inevitably seen footage and photographs from some of the anti-lockdown protests that have been cropping up here. Streets that were eerily quiet for a few short weeks are now filled with blaring car horns and gun-wielding patriots in tactical combat gear that clearly wasn't designed for the stockier gentleman. This is America's fetishistic obsession with armed militias writ large, and by large, I mean bursting out of a bulletproof vest like a cheap sausage in a hot pan. These people believe they're rushing to defend the nation's liberty, even though rushing anywhere would have left the vast majority of them out of breath even before they caught COVID-19. There's an episode of Doomsday Preppers where the guy talks about his tactical preparedness before turning around two seconds later and shooting his own thumb off. That guy would be intellectually overqualified if he turned up here. Texas knows the truth. Texas knows this is a Chaikon, globalist
0: bioweapon. It's a
3: down.
2: Now this is what you get when your national psyche is obsessively fixated on the concept of individual freedom. Most of the free world, and to be fair, the majority of Americans who oppose these protests, are shifting to a more collectivist way of thinking. Out of altruistic necessity, we're accepting a temporary loss of liberty in order to shield and safeguard our vulnerable groups and health services. It's the difference between freedom from and freedom to. Democracy and responsible governance is supposed to provide freedom from tyranny and oppression. And that includes imposing public health measures that prevent a pandemic from devastating the populace. For these protesters, a large majority of which are Trump supporters, it's more about freedom to act like socially irresponsible dickheads. It is absolutely no coincidence that these protests are springing up just as Trump begins to worry about how the economic damage of lockdown might end up crippling his hopes of re-election. If you were listening last week, you would have heard me explain the concept of gaslighting. Remember? Of course you do, because it definitely happened. It's a favourite tactic of the President as he attempts to airbrush out his administration's many failings and its handlings of this crisis. Today we've got another new and exciting concept to explain though astroturfing. It's tempting to look at this protest movement and think two things. One, that it is hilarious that these fucking idiots think they'd ever survive a game of paintball, let alone a genuine authoritarian military crackdown. And two, that they're a spontaneous response, a people's movement organised from the ground up by the common citizenry. The truth is far murkier and disturbing. While there are some elements of grassroots activism here, these protests have financial and organisational ties to prominent right-wing causes, from gun rights groups to white nationalists like the Proud Boys and Trump's own education secretary. A lot of the foundations here are artificial, hence the term astroturfing. Now, it's eerily reminiscent of the Tea Party movement that dogged Obama, except this time it's a campaign that's broadly supportive of the president. There are all kinds of angry faces here, from self-proclaimed libertarians to conspiracy theorists and straight-up copper-bottomed weapons-grade footwits distrust of big government and the desire to wave an assault rifle around from the flatbed of a pickup is nothing new among Trump loyalists. What's truly concerning is just how far a nervous GOP looking at the polls might be willing to go in order to weaponize this sort of fanaticism. With tweets like, ''Liberate Michigan'' Trump seems happy to imply that Democratic governors are overreaching, even as they follow the lockdown advice set by his own administration. Armed uprisings might be unlikely, but enough pressure from these protests might see lockdowns lifted before sufficient testing and tracing measures are anywhere near in place. If that happens, America may well find itself facing a secondary wave of infection even more devastating than its disastrously handled first one. I'm Tom King doing his best to stay two meters back from a whole wall of morons, reporting for IC News.
0: Our best defense is a healthy immune system
3: and I take care of my body. I eat the right food, I take vitamins, I drink the right water, vitamin D, vitamin C, has been proven already. So we have everything that we need. We don't need a vaccine.
1: Of course, it's not just poorly informed members of the general American public who have spent the last few months struggling to grasp the potential impact of the coronavirus pandemic. This week, Mike Pence refused to wear a face mask while visiting a hospital that mandated them, presumably because he was worried that a gay or Mexican nurse might have handled it. The president himself, in a recent press conference, appeared to wonder aloud if disinfectant and sunlight could be used to somehow treat patients internally, before quickly walking back his comments 18 hours later by claiming they were sarcastic. While Trump seems to think that a backdrop of a million infections and over 60,000 American deaths is the perfect one for trying out new material for his post-presidency run on the open-mic comedy circuit, it left a bitter and presumably burning taste in the mouths of some Americans. As public support for his handling of the crisis drops away, the President is once again attempting to shift the spotlight anywhere but him this week claiming to have seen evidence in favour of a conspiracy theory that the pandemic started in a lab in China, in direct contradiction of his own intelligence services. Of course, it's nothing new that Trump and the concept of intelligence find themselves failing to recognise one another from across the street, but the suggestion that mainlining Lysol could cure America's ills threatened to unsettle even his most ardent supporters. Here at the network, there's only one man we could possibly ask about the fallout of the president's latest bizarre rhetoric. Our resident Trump supporter and self-proclaimed conspiracy theorist, Danny Sutcliffe. Now Danny, we've heard a lot from you in the past about how Trump's your hero for draining the swamp and exposing the deep state. Got to ask, what's your reaction to all of this? My reaction?
4: I'm fucking livid, mate. I honestly can't believe it's come to this. I'm disgusted. I'm appalled. It's the single most selfish and irresponsible thing he's ever done and I honestly can't see how he expects to ever recover from this.
1: Oh, right. Well, um, must admit, I wasn't actually expecting that level of scorn from you.
4: I can't believe it myself, pal. I was so convinced he was an absolute genius. The way he tactically got his allies convicted of serious criminal charges. The way he pointedly refused to release his tax returns, knowing full well that the Democrats would simply twist losing a billion dollars into poor financial management. The way he befriended and parted with Jeffrey Epstein just to gather evidence on the global network of paedophile elites that he hasn't yet, but definitely will, expose at some point. The way he was cleared completely due to a lack of evidence in an impeachment trial that voted to block most of the evidence. It was all genius! How smart have you got to be to have several credible allegations of sexual assault levelled at you just to expose the real sex criminals? It was like watching Gary Kasparov play tennis. Mind-blowing. He seriously let me down. I'm pretty sure Kasparov's famous for playing chess, Danny. Really? I mean, I know that. You twat. I was being sarcastic. You mainstream media hacks are so easy to fool. What's sarcastic about getting I was sure he played Enman at some point. Can we stay on track, please? The point is that I'm fucking disappointed. What Trump said about sunlight and disinfectant is so fucking irresponsible, it's a slap in the face to people like me who believed in him. You don't buy the justifications from the White House then? I mean, imagine telling everybody what the cure is this early on. How is he ever going to expose Bill Gates now? What? The old plan was to sit on the cure for a bit until Bill Gates revealed his plan to microchip all of us. Everyone on the forums knows about it. Trump was meant to leak it bit by bit drop just enough of the breadcrumbs to keep Gates nervous so he'd rush the Illuminati and make a mistake. He's blown all of that now by telling everyone the truth. Oh, for fuck's sake, Danny. All of that groundwork with the Chloroquine, luring the elites into a false sense of security so they could get their mind-controlling nanobots into the fake vaccine. All of it wasted. Now Trump's given away that all we need to do is shoot up with toilet duck and get a light bulb up our asses. we're never going to catch them. Bill Gates has got away with it again. You cannot seriously tell me you believe any of this shit. You need to stop treating people like me like we're idiots, mate. Trying to make out like we'd all rush to drink bleach. We're not fools, you know. The virus is in the bloodstream,
1: remember? You've got to be safe. This is dangerous rubbish. How do you safely put a light bulb up your arse? LEDs mate. Oh my god.
4: Yeah, must admit found that one out the hard way. Uh the other ones get hot really
1: fucking quick. <sighs> I've got through a lot of Savlon this week. Right, well I didn't think it was possible, but you've done it. You've hit peak Dunning-Kruger and tipped over into complete insanity. Killing the virus on surfaces is completely different to treating it in the body. Sulfuric acid probably kills it too. Are you going to shoot up with that? Of course not! Why would I, when I've got the cure
4: right here in the form of a typical bottle of household bleach? Hang on. What the fuck? What devilry is this? No. No! The cure, right here within reach, yet the bastards conspire to keep it from all of us yet again.
1: You can't get the safety cap off, can you? Fucking fuck. Why can't you squeeze it and what? Fuck. Right, Danny, well, I'm going to call an end to this interview there. I imagine you're going to be busy with that until you tire yourself out. <laughs> fuck you,
4: Bill Gates. Fuck you.
1: Now, it's not only the United States with a wholly unqualified populist haircut in charge of the gravest challenge of the 21st century. Here in the UK it's been a big week for the Prime Minister. After recovering from Covid-19 himself, this Monday Boris Johnson returned to his fleeting impression of work, and later in the week he and Carrie Simmons announced the birth of a healthy baby boy. Mr Johnson was quick to declare he would be delaying his paternity leave until later in the year, And credit where it's due, for him, this was a genuinely impressive gesture. At this point in his paternity, he's usually already left. For the latest on the Prime Minister's return to work, we now go to our newest reporter, the nauseatingly deferential Sebastian Forlock.
3: Thank you, Sam, and may I say you're sounding absolutely Glorious today, like a glossy saxophone of news that's been gently caressed by the French kiss of hot butter. This Monday saw a beautiful, blonde, prodigal sun rising once more across the horizon of this green and pleasant land. It's the moment we've all been waiting for, the glorious news that our beloved Prime Minister walks among us once more having rolled the stone of Corvid-19 away from the cave of his own mortality. He was back with a reassuring message of victory, a salve of golden truth for a downtrodden proletariat, who in his absence were beginning to wonder if 20,000 deaths in a month might have been a bit of a party pooper. To those miserable souls we say, Be on with you! Boris is back to talk about our success and no amount of unpatriotic grumbling about testing targets and deaths in care homes will dull our pride in him. Shame on you. A time when political decisions have potentially led to thousands of unnecessary fatalities is no time to politicize a crisis. You ought to be ashamed of yourselves upsetting daddy like that. Don't you know that he's been ill for all of you? Those of us who recognise the brave sacrifices our leaders have made for us haven't forgotten. We, loyal many, who love Britain in our hearts and the taste of boot leather on our tongues, know beyond doubt that none of this could have been handled any better. To suggest otherwise is anti-British treachery. At this time we should be all prostrating ourselves in thanks at the feet of our betters, savouring the tasty scraps offered down to us by our generous overlords. Questioning them is sacrilege, When nobody could have seen this coming. Nobody at all, including the 2016 review into our pandemic preparedness that definitely saw this coming. (laughs) Hard, Daddy! Look, nobody's saying that things couldn't have been done better. That would be hollow bluster, hubris, and arrogance, which Boris has never shown, ever. The fact is that we have lots to be proud of. We are leading the world in several areas. Shoplifting is down. We're seeing fewer cases of alien abduction. And we have significantly fewer locusts than Africa. And the data suggests that of this moment, very few British people are currently actively on fire. That is a tremendous result for the government. And it's all down to Boris Johnson personally. Can you imagine just how many innocent British veterans would be on fire right now if Jeremy Corbyn had won? It doesn't bear thinking about. This is not the time to demand transparency or a way out of all of this. It's certainly not time to offer a coherent political opposition or call for a public inquiry or demand that the NHS be properly funded or that PPE be delivered to all the frontline staff who desperately need it. It's time we do all we can to support Boris, our valiant and unstoppable hero, as he returns to work to save us all from our miserable lives. The best thing we can do for Britain now is to learn our place. I know mine. Do you? (laughs) Success is supposed to hurt. That's how you know it's working. I'm Sebastian Forlock, dressed up like a sexy Victorian workhouse orphan, in stocks in the basement of Ian Duncan Smith's house, reporting for IC News.
1: Thanks, Sebastian, for that wonderfully unbiased piece of independent journalism. That brings us to the end of our scheduled broadcast. We'll be back next Saturday, but until then, it's time to leave you with the stories you may have missed. Lockdown in the UK sees record falls in CO2 emissions. Unfortunately, these are offset completely by the methane emitted by the government's steaming pile of bullshit. Joe Biden flatly denies allegations he sexually assaulted an aide 30 years ago, although at this point, the fact he can't remember it doesn't mean it didn't happen. Ryanair warns that refunds for cancelled flights may take up to six months to reach customers, meaning that a complete lack of wriggle room applies to their finances as well as their airplane seats. And finally, ITV is set to bring back its marquee live shows without an audience and with proper PPE in place for all participants, meaning that the X Factor and the masked singer will soon be merging together in reality as well as in your most terrifying nightmares. You've been listening to IC News. Thank you and goodbye.
3: Oh, daddy, daddy, daddy. Oh, daddy, daddy. you can pick out your favorite spank noises from those
0: (laughs) (laughs) cheers you've just been listening to the IC News Podcast we hope you enjoyed it and if you did please tell your friends, share the link spread the word and don't forget to leave us a rating and a review on whichever platform you're listening on you are the best way we can reach a wider audience and we massively appreciate all of your support each episode of IC News, is written and produced by Sam Gore. In this episode you heard him, Allison June Smith, Tom King, Danny Sutcliffe, and Eddie French. The main IC News theme is written and performed by Eddie French, and the graphic design, is by Chumshi.com. In this episode, you also heard March of the Spoons, by Kevin McLeod, of filmmusic.io. Full credit for the use of his work is given in the podcast description. I see news releases brand new episodes each and every Saturday at 8 a.m. Hit that subscribe button right now, and you'll never miss out again. We'll see you again next week.